Peter, James, and John were taken up this mountain, and uh, Peter is the only one who records or speaks about what had happened in the Bible, and I'm going to read to you from Peter's letter, 2 Peter in chapter 1, where he is remembering this particular incident that um, Rebecca has read for us. And this is what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 16. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. That's what he, he wrote about. The verse before um, the passage that Rebecca read for us um, goes like this. I tell you the truth, said Jesus. Some standing here right now will not see death before the Son of Man uh, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Um, I heard the new atheist, Christopher Hitchin, um, debating with John Lennox, who is a professor of mathematics at Oxford University and, and a, a great Christian apologist. And... Christopher Hitchens said about this verse, Jesus said that there were people who were with him there and then would not die until they had seen the kingdom of God come in power. And said Christopher Hitchens, his kingdom has not come in power, so Jesus' words must not have been true. Well, of course, John Lennox uh, explained to him that the kingdom of God did come. He said immediately he took Peter, James, and John up a high mountain and was transfigured before them. Now, uh, for those of you who've been to Israel with us, we take you up Mount Tabor and, and talk about the transfiguration. Uh, and uh, some believe that that was the mountain where um, the incident happened. But my feeling is it was further north. Jesus, you might remember, was talking in Caesarea Philippi, which is really the north of the country. And next, uh, further up, is Mount Hermon, which is covered in snow uh, all year round. <clears throat> And, and I tend to think it was probably on Mount Hermon. But it doesn't matter if it was Mount Hermon or Mount Tabor or at the top of Dartmoor. 
it happened. <laughs> and these people had a tremendous experience with the Lord. <clears throat> um, James and John and Peter, they saw the kingdom of God coming in power. Uh, what was the purpose of this incident as Jesus took these three people up the mountain? And I just um, want to share a few thoughts about that. First of all, Luke tells us he, he went up to pray. He took his disciples up to pray. <clears throat> what did he want to know? What, what was he praying about? Well, later it says that they discussed his departure from this world. So maybe the human Jesus, while Jesus was here on earth, he had limited himself to how we are. And uh, he, I believe he was probably wanting to know about the mechanics of dying, of leaving this world and going to his father. So uh, I believe that's one of the reasons. Also, uh, Jesus wanted to talk to two other human representatives of, about this subject, and Moses and Elijah appeared to him. Now, both of these two Old Testament characters had unusual departings from this world. The Bible says that Moses went up to Mount Nebo and died. And God buried him, and no one knows the place where Moses was buried. Elijah, on the other hand, went up to heaven in a whirlwind. <clears throat> you might remember the story, how the young uh, assistant or prodigy, Elisha, uh, was walking with Elijah, and... Uh, Elijah turned to Elisha and he said, what do you want me to give you before I'm taken? And Elisha said, I want, I want a double portion of your spirit. What did he mean? <clears throat> when a father in the Jewish context would divide his inheritance, the eldest son would get twice as much as any other of the children. So Elisha said, I want twice as much of the presence of God. I want twice as much of your spirit as anybody else. What a great ambition. I want twice as much of the spirit of God. So Elijah said to him, if you see me when I go, it will be so. But if not, it won't be so. And I guess that Elisha just kept his eyes firmly on Elijah. <clears throat> the Bible says there was a whirlwind and the chariots of, of heaven came down and Elijah was taken up to heaven first class <clears throat> without dying. <clears throat> and these two people, these Moses, a representative of the law, you know, the Ten Commandments and Moses is a representative of the law. Elijah, as a representative of the prophets, found their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. <clears throat> and these two men were talking with Jesus about his exodus, about his departure from this life. <clears throat> um, I, 
I believe as well that Jesus took these three disciples up to uh, this mountain that they might witness all of this because they would be spearheading the Great Commission in the future and they would have the knowledge of who Christ really was. <clears throat> they would see that he was beyond the carpenter. He was beyond the rabbi. He was beyond the miracle worker. He was beyond uh, what they had known him as. He was going to show them something of his eternal glory. Jesus had constantly explained that he was from another realm, another world. In his high priestly prayer in John 17, this is what Jesus said. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And then in John 16, he said, I came from the Father into the world, and now I will leave the world and return to the Father. And then in John 8, he said, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. Then in John 3, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. <clears throat> and, uh, and then later again in his high priestly prayer in John 17, he said, Father, I desire that those whom you gave me will be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. <clears throat> so these disciples were privileged to see a glimpse of the glory that Christ had. And as Jesus is praying, something amazing began to happen. His face began to shine like the sun. His garments became extremely radiantly bright. And it seemed as if he was almost going back to his eternal state. He had come from the land of glory. He had come from the place of power. And he had limited himself. We sing it, don't we, at Christmas? Veiled in flesh, the Godhead seed. Hail the incarnate deity. He had come from the excellent glory. And he had come to earth. And he had lived as a carpenter. He had walked among us. He could be hungry. He could be thirsty. He could ask people for things. And he was, in all points, human like us. But in his divine nature, <clears throat> he was, of course, God in the flesh. And for a brief moment, these three disciples saw that kingdom coming in power. They saw the king in all his glory and all his beauty. <clears throat> so the three disciples looked at this, what was happening. They, the, there was a cloud appeared to them. There was Moses and there was Elijah and there was Jesus as they had never seen him before. It was a new vision of Christ. He was not simply the carpenter of Nazareth, the rabbi teacher. 
they saw something amazing in Christ. And Peter, who hated silence. Um, we had a friend, he was a friend of my parents, actually. I remember him. And he was a great talker. He could never keep quiet for one minute. And uh, he went to the service of what, what we call the Quakers. They were, they're called friends, I think, now where they don't talk, they sit around and in silence. Well, he said he stood it for an hour <laughs> and then he said, God is love. <laughs> so he, he, he had to say something. Well, Peter was a bit like that. He said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. <clears throat> and I think he was absolutely right. <clears throat> it's good for us to be here. It's always good to be in the place where Jesus is being glorified and uplifted, isn't it? <clears throat> I find so. Oh, I've been into some dead meetings in my time. Think, when is this going to end? You know. <clears throat> but there are times when Jesus is glorified. I once tried to close a meeting six times, and the glory of God was among us. <clears throat> No wonder it's good. It's good <clears throat> when Jesus is being glorified. It's good when we have a revelation of who Christ really is and of his majesty and of his power and of his glory. <clears throat> it is good for us to be here where Jesus is being magnified. Secondly, it's good for us to be here because we're in great company. Here's Moses and here's Elijah. These, <clears throat> these giants of the Old Testament <clears throat> The company that we keep is important, isn't it? It's important who you're sat next to in church. I know you can sometimes get sat next to the wrong people. Get in the company of people who are full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost. And here was this, this company of people. There was Moses and Elijah and... and uh, uh, inspiring, inspiring people. <coughs> Get with inspiring people. <coughs> and as they entered this cloud, Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three tents or three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I'd just like to stay here forever, he's talking. I just want, I don't want this to end. I want this moment to be forever where Jesus is magnified, where we're in the company of these great people. <clears throat> Faith is rising, and we're seeing things that we've never seen before. We've been lifted above <clears throat> the human, and we've been transported into the realm of the supernatural, into the realm of heaven, and it's good. For, I want to stay here. And then a voice came from this cloud, and they were terrified, the Bible says, when they heard this voice. <clears throat> and the voice said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, hear him. They, in the Jewish mind, Moses was such a high person. In the Jewish mind, Elijah was a great prophet. And <coughs> Peter was saying, Jesus is like Moses, and Elijah, but the voice from heaven said, 
Jesus is not like Moses and Elijah. Jesus is something different. <clears throat> this is my beloved son. He is the same as me. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So, there were three times in the life of Jesus where heaven um, acclaimed him and um, um, endorsed him. You might remember at his baptism, when Jesus was being baptized, he went to see his cousin John and he said, I want to be baptized. And John said, I should be being baptized by you. He said, and you're coming to me. So Jesus said, well, let it be so now because we need to fulfill all righteousness. And John baptized Jesus. One of the, probably the most beautiful picture in the New Testament where John baptizes Jesus in the River Jordan. And coming out, the Bible says he saw the Spirit descending upon Jesus like a dove and resting upon him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then again, here on the Mount of Transfiguration, the voice came again. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then, later, before Christ was going to the cross, some Greek people came and they said to Philip, one of the disciples, they said, we want to see Jesus. And some theologians believe that they wanted Jesus to go and preach where they were living, uh, in, in, in Greece or somewhere in Asia Minor. <clears throat> so Philip turns to Andrew, and Andrew and Philip go and say to Jesus, Jesus, um, these Greek people want to see you. <clears throat> and uh, this is what the scriptures say. Uh, Jesus said, now is my soul deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But for this very reason I came. <clears throat> Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice spoke from heaven saying, I have already brought glory to my name and I will do it so again. When the crowd heard the voice, some thought it, it was thunder, while others declared an angel spoke to him. Then Jesus told them, the voice was for your benefit, not mine. And the thought is that here is the invitation to go preaching somewhere in, in the Greek world. And on the other hand is the cross and it's torture, and it's shame, and it's punishment. And Jesus says, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? And here this voice of confirmation comes <clears throat> upon the Lord Jesus. So here on the mountain, Peter, James, and John were privileged to see Jesus in a new and wonderful light. When the cloud had lifted... Elijah and Moses. And some people ask, don't they, will we know one another in heaven? 
My wife says to me, will we, will we be married in heaven? I said, no, we'll not be married in heaven. And, uh, but there'll be a spiritual affinity. Of course we'll know one another. And uh, I, th- there's all these great, wacky and wonderful ideas of people who say they've been to heaven, etc. But there is a book um, called Heaven is for Real. And the young guy, it's a, pardon? Yeah, it's, it's, it's about that little boy who, who was very ill in hospital and was taken to, to heaven. I'll try, and remember, I'll try and remember the bit. I think he said he saw his grandfather and they showed him a picture of granddad as an old man. He said, no, that's not him. That's a, then they showed him a picture of granddad when he was a young man. He said, yeah, I met him. <laughs> He also, this young lad, if you read the book, this young lad said, I met my sister. Mum said, you don't have a sister. And and, and the little boy said, well, my sister died in mummy's tummy. (laughs) Praise God. All those, they've gone home to glory. Will we recognize one another? Of course we will. Now, Peter, James, and John had never seen Moses and Elijah. They died centuries before. But they recognized them. We're going to recognize each other in heaven. Um, So when the voice had gone, and the two um, ancient uh, prophets had, had, had left, the Bible says, they were left alone with Jesus, the human Jesus, the carpenter, the man of sorrows, the friend of sinners, the blesser of children, the healer of the sick, the stealer, the stiller of the storms, the provider, the Jesus that they knew, the guide. Jesus said, don't tell anybody yet what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And then they wondered, what is this raising from the dead business? They still were not really spiritually attuned. What a wonderful experience they had of seeing the glory of Christ. And I think, brothers and sisters, that we all need to see Jesus as he is. We can get a limited view of Christ. It's recorded in the Bible that Jesus, after he had begun his ministry, preaching to the crowds, healing the sick, and all this kind of thing, he went back to his hometown, the small town of Nazareth, the little one-horse town probably only 300 inhabitants. He went back to his hometown and he spoke to them in the synagogue. And these people who we brought up with it, they said, isn't this the carpenter? All that Jesus was to those towns, people of Nazareth, was the carpenter. He'd fixed their doors that were creaking. He mended the windows that wouldn't close. He built the houses for them. All he was was the carpenter. And the Bible says he could do there no mighty works because of their unbelief. 
because they limited him to their own imagination or understanding of it. <clears throat> I don't know about you, <clears throat> excuse me, brothers and sisters, but I want a bigger vision of Jesus. I want to see him as he is in all his glory. When we see him as he is, we see that he can do things that we never thought were possible. All things are possible to those who believe. To see that Christ can be above all all the difficulties that you might face, all the troubles that you might face, Christ is above everything. <clears throat> I remember Trevor Deering, that uh, Anglican uh, evangelist. Uh, we, we were very friendly with them at one time. And he said, some young people rang him up. They'd run past a spiritualist church and they said, oh, you could feel the presence of the devil. <coughs> He said, he said, they should be feeling the presence of the Lord. <laughs> some people glorify, some people glorify the devil, don't they? <clears throat> we had, when I was in the Bible college, we had a girl, uh, um, I'll not tell you, her name. well, we wouldn't know her anyway. But she was always being attacked by the devil. The devil did this, the devil did that. I used to feel backslidden. I thought, I don't seem to get attacked, me. <laughs> Some people are so devil. We need a bigger vision of Jesus. When Job had that great revelation of the Lord, you remember Job, um, he had been arguing with God and saying, it's not fair, it's not fair. I've not done nothing wrong. I've lived a good life uh, and, and I'm, I'm righteous. I've done everything right and here I am in all this trouble. And, and, and he's arguing with God. And then God reveals how great he is. And Job said, he said, I, I, I repent of what I thought. He said, I thought I knew, but I, I, I repent. <clears throat> of, 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 I know, this is what he said, I know that you can do everything. That no thought can be with God can do what we cannot do. And I think the vision on the top of this mountain is a vision that we ought to keep in our hearts to see Jesus as he is in eternity. One glorious day, I think we sang a bit about it tonight. One glorious day, we shall see him. <clears throat> and the wonderful thing is, we shall be like him. The Bible says, when we see him, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, not as he was, as the babe of Bethlehem, as the suffering servant upon the cross, but we shall see him as he is in all his glory. And we shall be changed, praise God, into his wonderful likeness. You're going to be changed. I, we're going to have a new body one glorious day. Mine is six feet <laughs> with hair <coughs> hallelujah when we see him we shall be like him let's see the garden some of you might be going through some difficulties as we all do in life let's see the one who can meet those difficulties 
Let's not be limited in our vision of what he can do and what he can't do. Job said, I know that you can do everything. Amen. I've just about finished. <clears throat> Some of you might think, I finished ten minutes ago. <clears throat> <laughs> Why don't we have a time of prayer? And maybe if you would like prayer, we come we come to a God of miracles. Come on. We don't, we're not coming simply to the carpenter that fixes doors. We're coming to the Lord of glory that knows you intimately, can meet your need and help you through.